Chapter 18, verses 18 through 35 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 18 through 20. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Jerome, because he had said, If he will not hear the church, let him be to thee as a heathen and a publican, whereupon the brother so condemned might answer, or think within himself, If you despise me, I also will despise you, if you condemn me, you shall be condemned by my sentence. He therefore confers powers upon the apostles, that they may be assured that when any are condemned after this manner, the sentence of man is ratified by the sentence of God. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose upon the earth shall be loosed in heaven. Origin. He said not in the heavens, in celis, as when he spoke to Peter, but in heaven, in cello, for they are not yet attained to the like perfection with Peter. Hilary, to hold out a great and terrible fear by which all men should be reached in this present life, he pronounces that the judgment of the apostles should be ratified, so that whosoever they bound on earth, i.e., left entangled in the noose of sin, and whosoever they loosed, i.e., according to the pardon of God's mercy, to their salvation, that these should be bound and loosed in heaven. Chrysostom. And be it noted that he said not to the primate of the church, Bind such a man, but if ye shall bind him, the bonds shall be indissoluble, leaving the other to his discretion, and to see how he has set the incorrigible person under the yoke of a twofold necessity, to wit the punishment that is here, namely the casting forth out of the church, when he said, Let him be to thee as a heathen, and the future punishment saying that he shall be bound in heaven, thus by the weight of his penalties lessening his brother's wrath against him. Augustine. Otherwise, when you begin to hold your brother as a publican, you bind him on earth, but take heed that you bind him with just cause, for an unjust cause breaks rightful bonds. But when you have corrected him and agreed with him, you have loosed him upon earth and when you have loosed him upon earth, he shall be loosed also in heaven. You confer a great boon, not on yourself, but on him, as he had done the hurt, not to you, but to himself. Gloss. But he holds out ratification not only of the sentences of excommunication, but of every petition which is offered by men, holding together in the unity of the church. For he adds, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree upon earth, whether in admitting a penitent or casting out a forward person, touching anything which they shall ask, anything, that is, that is not against the unity of the church, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. By saying which is in heaven, he points him out as above all, and therefore able to fulfill all that shall be asked of him. For he is in the heavens, that is, with the saints. Proof enough that whatever worthy thing they shall ask shall be done unto them, because they have with them him of whom they ask, 
for this cause is the sentence of those that agree together ratified because god dwells in them for where two or three are gathered together in my name there am i in the midst of them chrysostom or because he had said it shall be done unto them by my father therefore to show that he is the giver together with his father he adds this where two or three etc origin and he said not i will be but i am in the midst of them because straightway as soon as they have agreed together christ is found among them hilary for he who is peace and charity will set his place and habitation in good and peaceable dispositions jerome for otherwise all his foregoing discourse had invited us to union now to make us embrace peace more anxiously he holds out a reward promising to be in the midst of two or three chrysostom yet he said not barely where they are gathered together but added in my name as much as to say if any man look upon me as the chief motive of his love to his neighbor i will be with him though his virtue be shown towards other men how is it then that those who thus agree together do not obtain what they ask for first because they ask things not expedient and because they do not bring on their parts that which they ought to contribute wherefore he says if two of you that is who show an evangelical conversation thirdly because they pray seeking vengeance against those who have grieved them and fourthly because they seek mercy for sinners who have not repented jerome and this also is the reason why our prayers are not granted because we do not agree together in all things upon earth neither in doctrine nor in conversation for as in music unless the voices are in time there is no pleasure to the hearer so in the church unless they are united god is not pleased therein nor does he hear their words jerome we may also understand the spiritually where our spirit soul and body are in agreement and have not within them conflicting wills they shall obtain from my father everything they shall ask for none can doubt that demand is good where the body wills the same as the spirit origin or in whatever the two testimonies are in agreement for this every prayer is found acceptable to god verses twenty one and twenty two then came peter to him and said lord how oft shall my brother sin against me and i forgive him till seven times jesus saith unto him i say not unto thee until seven times but until seventy times seven jerome the lord had said above see that ye despise not one of these little ones and had added if thy brother sin against thee etc making also a promise if two of you etc by which the apostle peter was led to ask lord how oft shall my brother sin against me and i forgive him and to his question he adds an opinion until seven times chrysostom peter thought that he had made a large allowance but what answers christ the lover of men it follows jesus saith unto him i say not unto thee until seven times but until seventy times seven augustine i am bold to say that if he shall sin seventy-eight times thou should forgive him yea and if an hundred and how oft soever he sin against thee forgive him for if christ found a thousand sins yet forgive them all do not you withdraw your forgiveness for the apostle says forgiving one another if any man hath a quarrel against any even as god in christ forgive you chrysostom when he says 
until 70 times 7, he does not limit a definite number within which forgiveness must be kept, but he signifies thereby something endless and ever-enduring. Augustine, yet not without reason did the Lord say 70 times 7, for the law is set forth in 10 precepts, and the law is signified by the number 10, sin by 11, because it is passing the denary line. Seven is used to be put for a whole, because time goes round in seven days. Take eleven seven times, and you have seventy. You would therefore have all trespasses forgiven, for this is what he signifies by the number seventy-seven. Origin. Or because the number six seems to denote toil and labor, and the number seven repose, he says that forgiveness should be given to all brethren who live in this world and sin in the things of this world. But if any commit transgressions beyond these things, he shall then have no further forgiveness. Jerome, or understand it of four hundred and ninety times, that he bids us forgive our brother so oft. Rabanus, it is one thing to give pardon to a brother when he seeks it, that he may live with us in social charity, as Joseph to his brethren, and another to a hostile foe, that we may wish him good, and if we can, do him good, as David mourning for Saul. Verses 23-35 through 35. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch as he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their lord all that was done. Then his lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Chrysostom, that none should think that the Lord had enjoined something great and burdensome, in saying that we must forgive until seventy times seven, he adds a parable. Jerome, for it is customary with the Syrians, especially they of Palestine, to add a parable to what they speak, that what their hearers might not retain simply, that in itself the instance and similitude may be the means of retaining. Origin, the Son of God, as he is wisdom, righteousness, and truth, so is he a kingdom, not indeed any of those which are beneath, but all those which are above, reigning over those in whose senses reigns justice and the other virtues. These are made of heaven because they bear the image of the heavenly. This kingdom of heaven then, i.e. the Son of God, when he was made in the likeness of sinful flesh, 
was then like to a king in uniting man to himself rigmigius or by the kingdom of heaven is reasonably understood the holy church in which the lord works what he speaks of in this parable by the man is sometimes represented the father as in that the kingdom of heaven is like to a king who made a marriage for his son and sometimes the son but here we may take it for both the father and the son who are one god god is called a king inasmuch as he created and governs all things origin the servants in these parables are only they who are employed in dispensing the word and to whom this business is committed rigmigius or by the servants of this king are signified all mankind whom he has created for his own praise and to whom he gave the law of nature he takes account with them when he would look into each man's manners life and deeds that he may render to each according to that he has done as it follows and when he had begun to reckon one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents origin the king takes account of our whole life then that we must all be present before the judgment seat of christ we mean not this so that any should think that the business itself must needs require a long time for god when he shall scrutinize the minds of all will by some undescribable power cause everything that every man has done to pass speedily before the mind of each he says and when he began to take account because the beginning of the judgment is that it begin from the house of god at his beginning to take account there is brought unto him one who owes him many talents one that is who had wrought great evils one on whom much had been enjoined and had yet brought no gain who perhaps had destroyed as many men as he owed talents one who was therefore become a debtor of many talents because he had followed the woman sitting upon the talent of lead whose name is iniquity jerome i know that some interpret the man who owed the ten thousand talents to be the devil and by his wife and children who were to be sold when he persevered in his wickedness understand foolishness and hurtful thoughts for as wisdom is called the wife of the righteous man so the wife of the unrighteous and the sinner is called foolish but how the lord remits to the devil ten thousand talents and how he would not remit ten denarii to us as fellow-servants of this there is no ecclesiastical interpretation nor is it to be admitted by thoughtful men augustine therefore let us say that because the law is set forth in ten precepts the ten thousand talents which he owed denote all sins which can be done under the law rigmigius the man who sinned of his own will and choice has no power to rise again by his own endeavor and has not wherewith to pay because he finds nothing in himself by which he may loose himself from his sins whence it follows and when he had not to pay his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made the fool's wife is folly and the pleasure or lust of the flesh augustine this signifies that the transgressor of the decalogue deserves punishment for his lusts and evil deeds and that is his price for the price for which they sell is the punishment of him that is damned Chrysostom, this command issued not of cruelty but of unspeakable tenderness for he seeks by these terrors to bring him to plead that he be not sold which fell out as he shows when he adds the servant therefore fell down and besought him saying have patience with me and i will pay thee all 
Rigmigius, that, he says, falling down, shows how the sinner humbles himself and offered amends. Had patience with me, expresses the sinner's prayer, begging respite and space to correct his error. Abundant is the bounty of God and his clemency to sinners converted, seeing he is ever ready to forgive sins by baptism or penitence, as it follows. But the Lord of that servant had mercy upon him and loosed him and forgive him the debt. Chrysostom. See the exuberance of heavenly love. The servant asked only a brief respite, but he gives him more than he had asked, a full remittance and cancelling of the whole debt. He was minded to have forgiven him from the very first, but he would not have it to be of his own mere notion, but also of the other suit, that he might not depart without a gift. But he did not remit the debt till he had taken account, because he would have him know how great debts he set him free of that by this he should at least be made more merciful to his fellow-servants. For indeed, as far as what has gone, he was worthy to be accepted, for he made confession, and promised that he would pay the debt, and fell down and begged and confessed the greatness of his debt. But his after-deeds are unworthy of the former, for it follows, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow-servants, which owed him an hundred denarii. Augustine that he says he owed him a hundred denarii, is taken from the same number, ten, the number of the law. For a hundred times a hundred are ten thousand, and ten times ten are a hundred, and those ten thousand talents and these hundred denarii are still keeping to the number of the law. In both of them you find sins. Both are debtors, both are suitors for remission. So every man is himself a debtor to God, and has his brother his debtor. Chrysostom, and there is a great difference between sins committed against men and sins committed against God, as between ten thousand talents and a hundred denarii. Yea, rather, there is still greater difference. This appears from the difference of the persons, and from the fewness of the offenders. For when we are seen of man, we withhold and are loath to sin. But we cease not daily, though God sees us, but act and speak all things fearlessly, not by this only are our sins against God shown to be more heinous, but also by the reason of the benefits which we have received from him. He give us being, and has done all things in our benefits, has breathed into us a rational soul, has sent his Son, has opened heaven to us, and made us his sons. If, then, we should every day die for him, could we make him any worthy return? By no means, it should rather redound again to our advantage. But on the contrary, we offend against his laws, Rigmigius. So by him who owed ten thousand talents are represented those that commit the greater crimes, by the debtor of an hundred denarii those who commit the lesser. Jerome, that this be made plainer, let us speak it in instances. If any one of you shall have committed an adultery, a homicide, or a sacrilege, these greater sins of ten thousand talents shall be remitted when you beg for it if you also shall remit lesser offenses to those that trespass against you. Augustine, but this is unworthy. Unjust servant would not render that which had been rendered to him, for it follows, and he laid hands on him, and held him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. Rigmigius, that is, he pressed him hardly, that he might exact revenge from him. Origen, he therefore, as I suppose, took him by the throat, because he had come forth from the king, 
for he would not have so handled his fellow servant if he had not gone forth from the king chrysostom by saying as he went out he shows that it was not after a long time but immediately while the favor he had received still sounded in his ears he abused to wickedness the liberty his lord had accorded him what the other did is added and his fellow-servant fell down and besought him saying have patience with me and i will pay thee all origin observe the exactness of scripture the servant who owed many talents fell down and worshipped the king he who owed the hundred denarii falling down did not worship but besought his fellow-servant saying have patience but the ungrateful servant did not even respect the very words which he had saved himself for it follows but he would not augustine that is he nourished such thoughts towards him that he sought his punishment but he went his way Rigmigius, that is his wrath was the rather inflamed to exact vengeance of him and he cast him into prison that he should pay the debt that is he seized his brother and exacted vengeance of him chrysostom observe the lord's tenderness and the servant's cruelty the one for ten thousand talents the other for ten denarii the one a suitor to his fellow the other to his lord the one obtained entire remission the other sought only respite but he got it not they who owed not grieved with him his fellow-servants seeing what was done were very sorry augustine by the fellow-servants is understood the church which binds one and looses another Rigmigius, or perhaps they represent the angels or the preachers of the holy church or any of the faithful who when they see a brother whose sins are forgiven refusing to forgive his fellow-servant they are sorrowful over his perdition and they came and told their lord what was done they came not in body but in spirit to tell their lord is to show the woe and sorrow of the heart in their carriage it follows then his lord called him he called him by the sentence of death and bade him pass out of this world and said unto him thou wicked servant i forgive thee all that debt because thou prayedest me chrysostom when he owed him ten thousand talents he did not call him wicked nor did he at all chide him but had mercy on him but now when he had been ungenerous to his fellow-servant then he says to him thou wicked servant and this is what he said oughtest thou not to have had mercy upon thy fellow-servant Rigmigius. and it is to be known that we read no answer made by that servant to his lord by which it is shown us that in the day of judgment and altogether after this life all excusing of ourselves shall be cut off chrysostom because kindness had not amended him it remains that he be corrected by punishment whence it follows and the lord of that servant was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay the whole debt he said not merely delivered him but was angry this he had not said before when his lord commanded that he should be sold for that was not in wrath but in love for his correction now this is a sentence of penalty and punishment Rigmigius, for god is said then to be wroth when he takes his vengeance on sinners torturers are intended for the demons who are always ready to take up lost souls and torture them in the pangs of eternal punishment will any who was once sunk into everlasting condemnation ever come to find season of repentance and a way of escape never that until is put for infinity 
and the meaning is he shall be ever paying and shall never quit the debt but shall be ever under punishment chrysostom by this is shown that his punishment shall be increasing and eternal and that he shall never pay and however irrevocable are the graces and callings of god yet wickedness has that force that it seems to break even this law augustine for god says forgive and ye shall be forgiven i have first forgiven forgive you then after me for if you forgive not i will call you back and will require again all that i had remitted to you for christ neither deceives nor is deceived and he adds here thus will my heavenly father do unto you if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses it is better that you should cry out with your mouth and forgive in your heart than that you should speak smoothly and be unrelenting in your heart for the lord adds from your hearts to the end that though out of affection you put him to discipline yet gentleness should not depart out of your heart what is more beneficial than the knife of the surgeon he is rough with the sore that the man may be healed should he be tender with the sore the man were lost jerome also this from your hearts is added to take away all feigned reconciliations therefore the lord commanded to peter under the similitude of the king and his servant who owed him ten thousand talents and was forgiven by his lord upon his entreaty is that he also should forgive his fellow-servants their lesser trespasses origin he seeks to instruct us that we should be ready to show clemency to those who have done us harm especially if they offer amends and plead to have forgiveness rabanus allegorically the servant here who owed the ten thousand talents is the jewish people bound to the ten commandments in the law these the lord oft forgave their trespasses when being in difficulties they besought his mercy but when they were set free they exacted the utmost with great severity from all their debtors and of the gentile people which they hated they required circumcision and the ceremonies of the law yea the prophets and apostles they barbarously put to death for all this the lord gave them over into the hands of the romans as to evil spirits who would punish them with eternal tortures end of chapter eighteen